PAC match also helped us reiterate our PAC's purpose while showing our members that we also care about their personal passions. the Facts About PACs podcast. I'm Michaela Isler, NAPAC's Executive Director, and today we have a wonderful episode for you about the power of action that can come from a startup PAC match program. That's right, Michaela. This is one of those episodes of the number one PAC podcast in America that folks will be sharing. Yeah, so we've talked about PAC match programs a number of times on this podcast, Adam, and you know, there's good reason for that. It's such a meaningful benefit for members of employee-funded or business trade association PACs and the 501c3 nonprofit organizations that they support. And honestly, that's really the reason they do call it a win-win, right? But getting a PAC match program up and running can seem daunting, Adam. Yeah, starting anything new from scratch is daunting, and it requires buy-in from the top to make it happen. But thankfully, the demonstrated success and popularity of PacMatch programs has paved the way for many different organizations to give it a try. Yeah, so today we're going to bring you inside the PacMatch startup journey of a member-based trade association PAC and how it exceeded everyone's expectations. Coming up, our interview with Brittany Starr, Senior Director, Political Affairs at the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAP activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And today's episode of the Facts About PACs podcast is brought to you by Quorum. Last year, Quorum broke news in the PAC world when it joined forces with the team at Cision PAC. Now the combined team is back with a brand new PAC management product made for the 21st century. Introducing Quorum PAC, software to help you raise money, report results, and stay compliant. You can trust Quorum's team of experts who have an average of 10 plus years of PAC experience to manage the full scope of fundraising, compliance, and reporting. To learn more, visit quorum.us forward slash PAC. Thanks, Adam, and thanks to Quorum for their continued support of this podcast. And, you know, Adam, it's trite, but the first step is often the hardest. And whether you've got a small team or just that everyone is always busy, adding something new and complicated can be an unwelcome challenge. But sometimes there's someone who sees the potential benefit and says, ain't nothing to it but to do it. And that is how the PacMatch startup journey at AAOS happened last year in 2022. So joining us now, to share that PacMatch startup success story is Brittany Starr, Senior Director of Political Affairs at AAOS. Welcome to the podcast, Brittany. Thank you, Michaela and Adam. I'm a longtime listener and I'm really excited to be here today. Well, Brittany, let's set the scene a little bit. You know, AAOS is an individual member association that engages in health policy and advocacy activities on behalf of the orthopedic surgeons and the patients they serve. How does that make Orthopedic PAC different from the programs most of our listeners run? AAOS, we're a individual member organization. So instead of representing a corporation and the employees of it or member companies like a member company trade association, we represent actual individual people. So our members are orthopedic surgeons. We have about 18,000 active fellows. And I just wanted to give you a little bit of a journey of an orthopedic surgeon. So they go to a regular university for four years. Then they do four years of medical school. Then they do five years of residency. And then on top of that, they do one to two years of a specialized fellowship. 
this is where our members really dig into what they're going to do in their profession. So they'll concentrate on hand surgery, elbows, foot, trauma, children, spine. So you name it, we have a, a number of subspecialties. So by the time that they're practicing, they have been in medical school and specialized training for 12 years. I think it's really important that everyone get that kind of sense of who these professional orthopedic surgeons are, Michaela, the level of training that they go through to reach this point in their career. And then, of course, all the different subspecialties, and that'll come back in in just a second. But Brittany, let's focus on pack match. How early in 2022 did the idea of starting a pack match program come up? And did you get immediate traction? I got the buy-in from our PAC board in February of 2022 to do a PAC match program. And its roots really start in 2020 during the pandemic. Our fly-in was canceled and our president really wanted all of our membership to stay involved with advocacy. So we started this, what we called an orthopedic advocacy week. And my idea when I was presenting this to our PAC board is that During our Orthopedic Advocacy Week, we're always showing our members that anyone can participate in advocacy. So we do a grassroots day, we do a social media day, we have our members comment on regulatory letters, we have virtual meetings with members of Congress, and then we are leaving that last day, that Friday, as our OrthoPAC Day of Giving. So I was like, this is a really great segue. We already have this day, and it's called the OrthoPAC Day of Giving, and this is a way we can give back. And my... PAC board members were really excited. And one of them actually told me, they said, Brittany, this is going to change the whole game. Well, I was just going to say, Brittany, I mean, this, we've talked a lot about PAC match programs, but this truly is unique with this day of giving. And I I really would love for our listeners to hear the results that you achieved because of this day of giving, because we want to feature it. It was so spectacular. Yeah. So very exciting. Um, we did a lot of promotion up towards this, this orthopedic day of giving, and we made very clear that this is only going to happen in this very constrained time period. So if you miss the window, you miss it. The opportunity to give back to your favorite charity or nonprofit was out the door. So drum roll, please. We were able to raise over $100,000 during our orthopedic day of giving, and it was really, really exciting. I was shocked when I heard that, but I do want to say congratulations. $100,000 raised in one day of giving, an idea that was born early in the year, but put into action and it found great purchase. But that was just the beginning. Brittany, tell us more. Yes. So when we were doing promoting our Orthopack Day of Giving, I had put a list of maybe like 10 popular charities together just to give some ideas to my members. And they were like, Save the Children, Heart to Heart, World Wildlife Foundation. When I was looking the day after the Orthopack Day of Giving at what my members were matching to, who they wanted to support, it was their subspecialty foundations. So my shoulder and elbow docs were matching to the shoulder and elbow foundation. My pediatric docs, they were matching to the pediatric orthopedic project. My foot and ankle doctors, they were matching to their own foundation. And it really struck me because as we were talking about earlier in the podcast, they have spent over a decade delving into their specialty. And, you know, it did surprise me, but it shouldn't have surprised me that this is what they were most passionate about. 
Yeah, you really tailored it to, you know, what they were most passionate about. And obviously, rather than giving them one or two or three different charities that you all chose, you really left it up to them, which can also create some complex, you know, sort of management, you know, on the back end. I'm curious, just from that perspective and the logistics, getting this, I mean, any pack match program off the ground, you know, means answering a lot of different questions for one who's paying for this, you know, do you have the secure budget to, to pull this off, especially if they're giving to a number of different charities? And really, how did that process play out in your case, Brittany? Yeah, so I think finding the budget to do a pack match is probably the hardest. How are we going to do this? For me, because of the pandemic, there was a number of programs that the PAC and the political program were engaging in that we dropped during COVID because we didn't have that value, especially when everything had turned virtual and our, our members weren't traveling. So I had some money to play with. We had set our budget for $100,000 and we made very clear in all of our promotion items that we were going to match up to $100,000. I was really scared. Well, one, I was scared it was going to be a bust, but the other scare was like, you know, once of all 18,000 of my members got on and they um, were really excited about giving to their nonprofit. And I didn't have anywhere in my language that w- there was a cap. So we, we were very fortunate that we had a, a budget to play with. But in showing my internal leadership what the ROI on this was, how many new donors we were able to bring into the program how many new donors that dropped out of the program in 2021 that we were able to bring back in 2022 was the biggest success story, I would say. The thing that I found most fascinating in this entire story is the tenacity of purpose that took place on your part, Brittany, in examining in near real time everything that happened on that day of giving and then ferreting out some important learnings. Not only were your folks' passion projects the ones that they turned to for giving, but you really had a lot to partner with with your sister organizations so you could even do more. Tell us about that part of the story. Yes. So the day after our Orthopac Day of Giving, we're looking through the results, seeing these nonprofit charities, these subspecialty foundations, and we just kind of had an aha moment. We reached out to those sister organizations and said, hey, we know you have your fall meeting coming up. If you invite Orthopac and we're able to come, we will open up the charity match only for your foundation for the days that your your meeting is happening. Would you like this offer? And of course, they all said yes. And this brought a lot of goodwill to our political program too. I have never seen so many members go up to the dais and say, you need to support Orthopac, you know, what it's doing for us, but also during the next 12 hours, Orthopac's going to be matching to our foundation, only ours. And I have never seen our, my members in those subspecialty organizations work so hard for my political program. It was just really amazing. One subspecialty group honored me because I was doing the match for them. And I was like, well, that's amazing, but you guys are actually doing me a favor. <laughs> but um it was just, it was really great to see the goodwill that came out of this pack match program. Well, it, it also, you kind of created inadvertently a little bit of competition amongst the subgroups so that, you know, they could go back and showcase how much they were able to bring to their, to their favorite charities or to their charities of choice. 
And Adam, I think about at the top of the show when we talked about launching a pack match program or any really managing a lot of our pack programs, whether it's a peer to peer solicitation, it always feels so daunting. But we've heard over and over that if you jump in, you take the risk. Like you said, Brittany, I know you were nervous. Were you going to even hit that $100,000 goal? I bet you if you didn't have a cap on that, you probably would have blown that goal off. I think this year we will in 2023. So we are going to do it again. We're going to do our pack match program again in 2023. And we are changing our orthopedic advocacy week to be our actual fly-in week too. So we'll have our leaders come into DC, about 100 or so surgeons come into DC. But this is a way for us to communicate, hey, we have our top leadership here in DC advocating, but you can do something at home too. Let's do a 360 effect with all the orthopedic surgeons in-person, virtual, et cetera. We got this. Oh, I think you hit it right on the head there, Michaela, with the word competitive. Everything that Brittany has told us says that in the best possible sense, these are competitive high achievers. And you put a little deadline, a little bit of pressure on this group, and they go for the gold. Yes. So for those meetings that we went to in the fall, because we gave them that constrained deadline, like, you know, at 12.01 a.m., this offer is not going to happen anymore. We were able to raise additional $30,000 to our pack that we wouldn't have been able to raise if we hadn't had this opportunity. And I'm wondering, Brittany, should everybody listening feel encouraged? I guess it's never too late to see those rewards outweighing the risk and the trouble of getting into pack match. I think if you have a great idea for a program and you might not have full buy-in, you can try little bites, right? So I was able to do this with my full membership and I'm really excited about it, but I was able to kind of sell it because it was only one day. And I think you could sell it to your organization by maybe, you know, looking at a business unit that doesn't have high participation to your pack or maybe a a certain state that doesn't have high participation to their pack and really figure out what drives those employees or members and do a test study. And if it works, then you can build off of it. And if it doesn't, you can tweak it and try it again somewhere else. But being nervous about something shouldn't keep you from trying something new. I love that, Brittany. And I'm even thinking as we talk a lot about the younger generation and the Gen Zers, we're all trying to break through and figure out what gets them excited about giving to the pack. Maybe it's just starting with your younger or newer employees to test the waters. And I, I've said this for a long time that you got to start small sometimes and make the case and show that value add. And then every year from there, you build on it. Just jump in and get started. And I will say a pack match program, it's uncontroversial. No one's going to come up to you and say, giving to this amazing charity or foundation is a bad idea. No one has said that to me in this year that I've been doing pack match and no one is going to. It's just a win-win opportunity, I think. And the pack match also helped us reiterate our pack's purpose while showing our members that we also care about their personal passions. Their personal passions in this case happen to be orthopedic surgery, so we're doubly happy, but we would have been happy if it was going to the World Wildlife Foundation or the Save the Children. Yeah, 
Every time I hear from individuals who participated in their pack match or from leaders who helped to institute it, I always hear the same reprise. It was important that we were able to do a little bit more than we were already doing. It was such a part of what our families and our employees were already doing, giving philanthropically to the charities that meant something to them. Michaela, it's a win-win. I don't know what else to call it. It really is. It's exciting, the ingenuity and in standing on the Pack Match program. And Brittany, um, we'll be checking back in with you after your fly-in in September to see how things are going. We hope you'll come back and join us. I definitely will. I'm really excited about this year and hopefully I'll be able to tell you that we raised $200,000 on our OrthoPAC Day of Giving. Well, we can't wait to hear that. Brittany Starr, Senior Director of Political Affairs at the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. Thank you so much for being with us on the Facts About Packs podcast. Thank you, Michaela and Adam. And thanks to everyone for listening. Subscribe and meet us right back here next week.